Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. The following on podcast is proudly sponsored by Barbados Tourism. Before we kick off the show, I just wanted to take a moment to remind you that the ICC Men's Cricket T20 World Cup Final is taking place in Barbados this summer. This, by default, gives all of my fellow cricket fanatics the perfect excuse to go and book a holiday to Barbados in June and experience firsthand the euphoric atmosphere at the Kensington Oval, the cricket mecca of the Caribbean. If the cricket alone isn't enough to tempt you, then let me be the one to remind you that a trip to Barbados can also include leisurely strolls along the breathtaking coastline, mouth-watering flavours of the world-class Bayesian cuisine, and of course, plenty of rum. Head to visitbarbados.org forward slash cricket today to book the trip of a lifetime to Barbados, the best place to be a cricket fan. Welcome to the following on Cricket Podcast from Talk Sport. I'm John Norman, alongside me, Jarrah Kimber. And uh, it's been about an hour and a half since the miracle of Headingley. Um, uh, 1981, 2001, that can be consigned now to history. It's all about what happened here at 2019. Ben Stokes, well, where do you start? You're listening to the following on podcast on Talk Sport. Jarrah Kimber, where on earth do you begin? This is easy. Uh, we get rid of our normal format because our normal format just got reverse swept out of the footmarks for six into the Western Terrace, John. <laughs> I think that was the moment that I... No, when was the moment you believed that England could win this? Not could. Well, yeah, could, but also... Can I be- hang on, you just thought to yourself, hang on. They might actually do this now. I know when I, I know when it was for me. What about you? I think it was when Lyon fumbled the run out. I think up until that point, I really thought he would eventually hit one straight up in the air. And to be fair, he did hit a few up in the air, not that far from fielders. It wasn't like they were all going deep. He wasn't middling everything. Cummins started bowling slow balls at one stage. And I was like, he's just, you know, it's a shame, but he's not going to make it. He's going he's gonna to club one straight up in the air. Someone's going to catch it. It's going to be over. So right up until Lyon dro- uh, fumbled that ball, I, I thought that was going to happen. And when Lyon fumbled that ball, I was like... Australia can't win. They're not supposed to win. This is, something has gone wrong here. And then the next ball is plum LBW and it's not given out. So that I, I was that late. You were earlier, obviously. For me, it was, let me just check this because I can't remember if it was Cummins or Hazel. Actually, you'll, you'll know. So up until the point that England needed 48 runs, I was just consigned to the fact I was just going to enjoy a bit of late order thrashing. And then he went 4-6-6 against Hazelwood or Cummins. I think it might have been Hazelwood. And it suddenly brought the equation down to about 27. I know that math doesn't quite work, 28 and all that. But it's that not was a day for math. It was that. It was that point. It was like suddenly it was like, hang on, you can score 27 runs in an over. 
This isn't 36 runs and overs. This is 27. I've seen that happen. And then when it went to 18, I started to believe, because then you're starting thinking of Carlos Brathwaite in the World 220. But, um, I mean, I mean, we've just witnessed the greatest test innings in history, haven't we? I, mean, I don't know, because there's no way I'm going to be able to fully process what I've just seen. Um, Guy Swindle said to me, you know, what do you feel? I said, oh, I haven't processed the World Cup yet. You know? No, I haven't either. I'm not sure if I've processed Tim Murta. I mean, there's been so many ridiculous things. I just turned up to cricket grounds. and just, We went to the West Indies and saw the West Indies bomb out England as well. The, the level of stupid things that I have been... I go to cricket grounds. It's ridiculous. I'm not sure the last year of my life actually has happened. It's possible I died. Let's not forget, Sri Lanka went to South Africa and beat South Africa. Only two countries have ever gone to South Africa and beaten them in a test series. And one of those wasn't Sri Lanka before they did it. On the way down to the press conference, Tim Wigmore, who writes the Daily Telegraph, said, that was a bit better than the World Cup, wasn't it? I looked at him. I was like, I forgot the World Cup even happened. <laughs> well, I mean, there was a point where everyone was like, this is better than the World Cup. And I was like, I don't know how to actually com- <laughs> compartmentalise my mind to remember all these different things. I know that in both occasions, my body felt different. <laughs> when he played that reverse sweep, and perhaps again when he played the shot off Cummins when he scooped the ball over his head, there was, I, you know, there was, I'm not sure that I shouldn't have seen a doctor at that point. It was so weird. And then... And then the ball that just went over the boundary of of um, of lion, lion, yeah, yeah, d- down here. So it's under us. So I had to jump up. So it's like everyone in the press box jumps up because of the angle. And then suddenly, I'm like, there were twelve people touching me. I think I think people had flown from the back row down to say it was just. It was like nothing I've ever seen. It was incredible. But maybe the same thing happened in the World Cup. It's just I finally had to come down from it, and then I'm back up there again. For me, one of the moments was shortly after Harris had kind of technically dropped Ben Stokes, Cummins bowling. It was probably the worst shot Ben Stokes played all innings, actually. And then he flicked one towards square leg and two fielders converged. And one of them dived a little bit like, remember Glenn McGrath against Michael Vaughan in 2002-03. And I just turned to my uh, guy Swindles and said, oh, that's it then, he's out. Oh, well. Oh, no, so I was gone for four. But how many times did he hit a ball in the air near someone and he went, oh, okay. Oh, he went, ah! And it, it, was, it was that constant thing of, oh, well, that's a shame. Well, it was fun, wasn't it? It wasn't that fun, everyone. And then it would just find the gap. It's like he has this supernatural ability to miss it in the exact right area over and over again. And yet he was controlled as well. It's all, it, it's all very bizarre. It is bizarre, especially when you then consider that with... Two runs to win and one run to tie. And we are now entering, what was that program called? Twilight Zone. Guy Swindles is here. This is Twilight Zone territory. This is Edgbaston both ways, as my brother described afterwards. This is unbelievable. And Jack Leach should have been, should have been run out. I called it. I said, oh, no, he's about to be run out. I was just, you know, I, was, I had way, way gone beyond the ability to really speak or think or function, which is not good when you're on radio. <laughs> and Nathan Lyon dropped the ball. And not even the first time he'd done it. He almost stuffed up the butler run out as well. And, and this one, it was, it was so simple. 
It was just coming in. I mean, it was over. England had... It was over. England. He is about to be run out. I should have said Leach. Leach is about to be run out. You could see it all played out. He was never going to get behind the crease. The ball was in the hand of the fielder at what would have been that short, gully-ish, kind of short third man. It had been picked up. It had been thrown towards Nathan Lyon, who was standing behind the stumps. We know what's about to happen. And... It's basically South, Af- South Africa in the last over of the World Cup 99. It, it was Kluster and Donald. That's exactly what happened, except that uh, the very simple throw was stuffed up by Lyon. And then next ball, he's plumb LBW. <laughs> he's absolutely, he's, he's pitched the ball in line. He straightened it. The umpire gives it not out. And of course, they've wasted a review, like an over before on something that they didn't even think was out. They reviewed, they, take, they used their last review on something they didn't believe was out. They then miss a run out and then they miss. I mean, the whole thing was just so bizarre. And then Jack Leach has got to face the start of the over, two runs to win. It's down to Jack Leach to score the, the run. Essentially, it was that over. He's either going to A, block out a maiden, unlikely, B, get out, very likely, or C, score the run that means England aren't going to lose the Ashes today. Well, Australia had six chances to bowl him out and six chances to get a run out. And somehow he got a single in, in those. I mean, it was just, it, it, it defied any sort of logic. And there was a certain point where we now have to admit that Jack Leach has won two games for England with the bat. I mean, the world has gone completely crazy. It makes, it makes no sense at all. And I'm watching him bat. He almost got bowled for the second time in the match around his legs by a seam bowler. And yet he somehow won the match with a one not out, which he scored Right at the end. <laughs> oh, my days. In and amongst that, um, I mean, I mean that was the greatest test match of all time, arguably. That was the greatest test innings of all time. Andrew Sampson walked past. I saw Andrew Sampson. He said to me, "That's a, Ben Stokes has probably just played the greatest test innings of all time. That's what Andrew Sampson said, even if his name isn't that it's not quite that I couldn't speak I mean I'm glad it's an hour and a half after the uh, end of play I mean where do you go from here I don't even know I can't even I can't even work out what happens now well think think about what we've had so far right so we've had James Anderson bowl four overs and disappear perhaps forever I I, I know he was actually out here today uh, bowling or yesterday bowling Uh, you had that you then had Steve Smith come back from his ban and score a hundred in each innings that's a pretty good Ashes test, right? Right then and there. A pretty, and Australia winning away from home as well. In Edgebaston, 15th most intimidating ground in the world. Everything's going on there. Then you have Jofra versus Smith, the first concussion in cricket. Uh, the first, you know, everything um, happening in that test. Smith is, disappears from the next two tests. You also have that test coming down to the wire at Lords. Suddenly, you know, incredible ending to what is a... It goes down as a draw, but it didn't feel like that when we were there. And it's going to go down and not look that close. It was close. We all felt how close it was. You got those two. And then somehow we've taken it up a notch. And when I did my, my book on the history of test cricket... The two tests, that, a two test series that I wanted to debunk the most were 2001 Australia India and 2005 Australia England. Only because I figured if you look through the entire history of test cricket, there had to be other series out there that were as good as those two. Turns out there are very few series in the entire history of test cricket anywhere near as good as those two, and they deserve to be known. We're on the way. We're actually on the way. Now, anything could happen because, I mean, 
at this stage, Joffre Archer could give birth to an alien in the next test, and I would not be surprised. Maybe him and Ben Stokes are going to get married? Yeah, it, it is. All of these things are... Po- I mean, you know, Marnus... Well, hang on, hang on. Steve Smith could come back for that test match, and so could Jimmy Anderson. Exactly. exactly. I, don't, I don't... You know, it is ridiculous at the, the point. And, you know... Let's be honest, almost, I mean, you said it was the greatest test match ever played. How bad was some of the cricket in this test match? It was ab- abysmal. It was, even without all the errors, umpiring errors, running between wickets, overthrow errors, terrible shots. What was Chris Wokes doing with his shot? Um, what was Johnny Bairstow doing? So what about um, James Pattinson? He bowled, what was it, 18 overs for 25 runs, and then he went for 12 <laughs> runs in an over. The whole thing was terrible. Joe Denley's innings... <laughs> Yeah, you think I'm going to forget about that? I'm not going to forget hang about on, that. Hang on, hang on, hang on. We woke up this morning, not together. Not that there's a problem with that if we did, but we are both married to other, other people. people. I read with disbelief that the innings by Marnus Labashain was being held up as the standard bearer for how test cricket should be played in this country. Marnus Labashain, who edged behind four times... <laughs> was caught, or rather dropped three times, and caught from a no ball. That's how bad the standard of batting had been. That that innings has been written, and you can go and find this article, as the standard bearer for test match batting in this country. That's the depth that was plumbed. And that doesn't even bring into discussion the first two innings... Where Australia were bowled out for 169 or whatever they were. 79. 79. And then England were bowled out for 67. Remember, Australia were bowled out for 179 and England bowled terribly for an hour and a half in the middle <laughs> yeah. of that. And then England came out and were bowled out for six. The errors in this. I mean, we, we just talked about it. You basically had um, a, a, a run out error um, but by Nathan Lyon. Mm-hmm. Sorry, no, you had a review error by Australia where they reviewed something that couldn't technically be out because of the laws of cricket that had been around for a while. Followed by a run-out error where they should have won the game, a simple fumble from line, followed by a terrible, terrible umpiring decision. I mean, the levels of sheer ineptness that got us to this incredible moment in Test cricket. I mean, the whole series has been like that. Basically, we've come into a Test series with one batsman. And no umpires. Well, two batsmen now. Because Stokes has hit two centuries and Smith has hit That's two fair. centuries. That's, but coming into the series, one batsman, I'm sticking by that. <laughs> Surely now, after witnessing what we've seen here, there can be no excuse from either side, but especially England, for ever, ever batting like they did in the first innings. I, I mean, yes. <laughs> I, mean, it, I mean, look, the template's there. Okay, not the miraculous, like, switch hit. No, it wasn't a switch hit. Reverse hit sixes and the I mean the, the ridiculous of Ben Stokes latter innings I'm talking about can you remember the other innings Ben Stokes played because he actually played two innings within one yeah he batted for 72 deliveries to score three he, was- he then refused to celebrate or acknowledge passing 50 he reached his first 50 and 155 deliveries and then pretty much got to 100 in 40 deliveries, which it turns out was him still taking it easy. He didn't acknowledge the century. And then, a little bit like Steve Smith at Edgbaston, but with a little bit more jeopardy attached to it, he just obviously went cheat mode at a computer game and knew all the cheats. And I don't know what, I don't know what happened after that. 
So, so on day two, T20 cricket was ruining um, mm. all batting. And then on day four, he won a test with T20 cricket. Yeah. It's a weird world, is all I'm saying. Yeah. Look, I, I mean, essentially, I don't think England can bat particularly like that and survive against Australia in all the time. Only I think this pitch, the, the way it had sort of maybe not died down, but eased off a little bit. As it was always going to do, actually, yeah. isn't it? And the afternoon's easier to bat on and and yeah. when the sun's out and all which, that stuff. Which, which is fair. So I'm not sure that that's a template, but I think what, what teams have to, and what England more than anyone, weirdly, have to work out is there are so many different ways to bat in a test match. And, and I think that if they can't work it out after this test, should probably pack it up and go home. Did Australia buckle today? It, they didn't bowl as well as yesterday. I thought they were outstanding yesterday with the ball. Um, at times today, I was like, what, what are you guys doing? I mean, Tim Payne, I always talk about specialist wicketkeeper. He was fumbling all over the place. Um, uh, I didn't think they got their field placings dreadfully wrong at any time. But, uh, you know, there were certainly times when, had they, had they re- retained the pressure of yesterday today, don't think they would have been in a position for Stokes to do what he did. Having said that, they pretty much won the game, except for one bloke, you know. Uh, <laughs> they did what they had to do. Um, so I, I, I don't know uh, if, they, if they choked or if it was an incredible innings. I mean, realistically, did they not create enough chances to get Stokes out towards the end? Probably. And, and, and Leach. <laughs> yes, they did. But uh, boy, oh boy. Uh, it really was ridiculously breathless stuff. Who's going to win the Ashes? Uh, well, I think Ben Stokes might win the Ashes. I mean, Ben Stokes, Joffrey Archer and Steve Smith might have all won the Ashes at different times so far. Um, uh, I mean, it's a good question. How many tests are there? I believe there's two okay. to go. Well, uh, one of them is going to be interrupted by nuclear war and the second one, uh, the aliens will invade. So it's going to be tough from here on in for any prediction. Both of those would still leave enough time in the test match to force a, a <laughs> victory when you consider how these two teams bat. Um, look, final word, really. We're going to leave this ground. We're going to take hours to get home because there's no trains. What are we going to think when we wake up tomorrow morning? I think... I. <laughs> It's so hard because over the last year I've been at most of these. We missed the Sri Lanka um, South Africa chase, but we've seen almost all the best things that have happened in cricket uh, in in a short period of time, certainly major cricket that have happened in a short period of time. There's almost too many of them. If you are, even if you someone to come up to me now and ask me what happened in the World Cup and you know in the final, I'm not sure I can answer it. There's no way I'm going to be able to answer. Um, the, what it was like to be here other than the, this is the most simple way I can explain it that not for the first time but maybe for the most prolonged period my body felt different watching that game and that is that is what I remember the different physical sensations I had to being in this ground compared to you know watching other cricket games and you know I've probably close to 150 test matches at this point you've probably done you know more or less the same it's very rare that your body feels different when you're watching a test match it, it, you saying that makes me think of Dan Norcross, TMS uh, commentator. Uh, we were both standing alongside each other for the World Cup final, and I actually thought I was going to. I felt a bit, I felt a bit ill watching the World Cup final. And Dan, after the game, told me that he had actually went and sought out an official in the media centre at Lords to find out if they had a defibrillator on in the in the stand. Uh, that was brought to mind at one stage today. With 120 needed, I felt a little bit ill. If this series can go anywhere near 
the madness of what we've seen today and throughout, then God only knows that is going to be one hell of a book. Are you going to write it? Maybe. Thanks for joining us. This has been the following on podcast. We'll be back to the normal template, uh, which it will be me and Jared standing in somewhere in southeast London, probably the day before the fourth test match. The Ashes still alive. What a piece after England, incredibly, led by Ben Stokes, 135 not out, beat Australia by one wicket at Headingley. Wow. Thanks for listening. Subscribe. And review Acast iTunes, you know the drill. You're listening to Following on Podcast, TalkSport. The Following on Podcast is proudly sponsored by Barbados Tourism. And this is your gentle reminder that Barbados is the best place to be a cricket fan. With eight matches from the ICC Men's T20 Cricket World Cup Series taking place in Barbados this summer, including the final, you can experience the summer of a lifetime by booking today. Aside from immersing in world-class cricket in the sunshine, Barbados is the dream destination for all travel enthusiasts. It is where adventure meets paradise, the culinary capital of the Caribbean, and better still, the birthplace of rum. If you're keen to unite with cricket fans across the globe for what is set to be an unforgettable summer, then head to visitbarbados.org forward slash cricket today. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. 